Hi everyone, and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast, where we explore the art of meditation and mindfulness and interview teachers, scientists, and everyday practitioners. We share tips, we find stories that illuminate why this ancient practice, it really matters now more than ever before. And you're going to learn the latest science and how to bring the benefits of meditation into your work, your health, your play, your relationships, and your life. And today we are going to circle back to a topic that I love to explore. We really can't talk about it enough. Silence. So recently I did an interview and it featured some really great questions on the topic of silence. So I was in the mood, so to speak, and I wanted to share with you some of my responses to that interview. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read some of the questions that I was asked and then I'm going to riff in response. The first question, awesome question, why do we need silence? Why do you need silence? And I think there are different reasons. I want to start with this fantastic quote from Aldous Huxley, who says, after silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. After silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. So one reason, obviously, that we need silence, the the one that pops into everyone's mind, stress. So on one level, if you think about how stimulated we all are all the time, it's really healthy to have silence to just calm our nervous system. All the noise in modern life, it triggers our sympathetic nervous system. And that's the part of us where we experience fight or flight. If you think of most of human history, we were never in this condition of constant stimulation, jacked up on stress. And often nowadays, especially if you live in an urban environment, there's just tremendous noise pollution in our environment. So silence is the opposite. It can help you relax. If you even spend time hiking, for example, in the woods, in the mountains, that kind of quiet can be incredibly settling. And there's a lot of research that supports the positive effects of silence. In in many respects, the research is really coming to that by measuring the stress that's created just through noise pollution alone. By inference, they're starting to see how significant and important and powerful silence is. So it's a kind of different take on it. So the first one was stress. The second one, inner quiet is rejuvenating. There's the silence of just being quiet, being with yourself. And silence can really help us be with ourselves. Sometimes if you put your attention on silence, you can grow very quiet inwardly. And that's a pleasant experience. I'm guessing you can probably relate. Have you ever had one of those experiences where maybe you wake up in the morning or from a nap and your mind and your entire being is just 
filled with silence. I, I have very, outside of all my meditation practice, I have very distinct memories in my life growing up when there were certain moments, and they were usually when I was out in nature, when I remember everything just going quiet inside of me. And the sense of resolution and just like a deep sense of coming home filled me. And I'll never forget those moments. And that's, that's the power of inner silence. And you can find that, that experience when, when you're in the presence of outer silence. Your mind can really settle down. So number three, solitude. It's important to be okay with being alone with yourself. And silence can really help with that. It's not always easy especially to begin with, but I found silence, it helps keep me from running away from myself. Often you have to deal with the noise in your own mind when you're in a context of solitude, when you're really alone and there isn't any distraction around, you're just, it's just you and you. And for a lot of us, initially, that's a foreign experience, but it's an important experience to have because it can introduce you to the experience of being more integrated, the experience of being at home in yourself. So the fourth reason why silence is important, creativity. For me, silence can be a source of tremendous creativity. When I let everything go and focus on silence, often after a certain amount of time, new ideas emerge and bubble up. This often happens in meditation. It's like a creative font. There's just ideas just well up. They come up and they spring up. And I love it because, well, most of the time I leave it alone. But afterwards, there's a lot to harness there. There's a lot of creative energy and there's a lot of connections that can emerge in your awareness when you enter into a certain quality of silence. I think it's similar to like a lot of people say when you take a shower, that's like where your creative, a lot of your creative ideas happen. I think there's like this quality when we just let go of a certain momentum of like maybe we're in our routines and we're just going from one thing to the next to the next. Silence can have the same effect of kind of a discontinuity, of uh, a breaking of our patterns. That can yield a very creative space in which in a certain way I think of it, it's like in the background we're always processing certain things. We're always computing. We're always connecting the dots. Our brain is always at work, but not just our brain, it's our being. There's like levels of intelligence and lines of intelligence in us. We're sorting things out all the time on so many different levels. And, and sometimes in those creative moments in silence, just like in the shower, it's like there's an opportunity for a certain resolution of all those lines, of all the parallel processing, just coming into a kind of relief and then boom, you suddenly see, oh my God, all these things are connected and I could do that. And oh my God, why didn't I think of that? So I, I love that quality of silence, that creativity. It just, it gives rise to and space to the opportunity for, for creative connection. So the fifth benefit of silence I think about is that the obvious ones, the health benefits. So there's several benefits. There's spending time in silence. It can have the effect of lowering your blood pressure. 
it boosts your immune system. It boosts your brain chemistry. It obviously reduces stress. It lowers blood cortisol levels and adrenal levels, adrenaline levels. It allows for good hormone regulation and interaction of all the hormone related systems in your body. It keeps plaque from forming in your arteries. These these are really these are some of the benefits associated with also the relaxation response. So some of these will really be familiar to you. Number six, silence. Why is it important to have in our lives? Well, sometimes it's important not to talk deliberately. Deliberate silence is very valuable. I discovered this when I lived in a meditation ashram for over a decade. In many Eastern traditions, Hindu traditions, Buddhist traditions, silence is a deliberate practice. And I learned about this. There's a practice called Mona or observing silence. It's a really a practice of not speaking and turning inward. Traditionally, it's thought to bring peace, clarity, and spiritual purity. And I know that from my own experience, I've seen the effects of Mona on other people. It, it's transformative. So last example, why is it, why is it important? Presence. So there's this quote from Mother Teresa where she says, in the silence of the heart, God speaks. If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. Then you will know that you are nothing. It is only when you realize your nothingness, your emptiness, that God can fill you with himself or herself. Souls of prayer are souls of great silence. So that's a very powerful quote from Mother Teresa. If you're not into the G-O-D word, that's totally fine. You can probably still relate to the just raw power of silence, the ability to sometimes put us in contact or connection with well, for lack of a better word, a part of us that feels sacred, a part of us that feels holy, a part of us where we experience a, a deep sense of profundity or a sense of meaning, an inherent sense of that meaning. So silence can bring us into the present moment like little else. It focuses your attention on the here and the now. You start to notice that the present moment in that context, it's a very living and dynamic thing. You notice that silence isn't, it's not necessarily an, em, it's not empty. It's not an empty void like that. There's actually a lot to it. There's a dynamic energy in silence. And on a spiritual level, it's important for us to experience and practice that presence. In that context, we learn just a really fundamental level. We learn how to listen. I don't know how I can say it any better than that. And in that context, listening, it's, it's a really profound act when you're really listening from the core of your being. And I, I know you have a sense of what I'm talking about here. It's deeply human. It's deeply, deeply human. So another question from this interview. Why is silence so important in meditation? So in meditation, you need outer silence 
so that everything in you can settle down. It's like a riverbed that gets all murky with fast running water, it gets stirred up. That's the noise. It just it stimulates us. It stirs up our minds. It stirs up our being. But in the in the deeper areas of the stream, where there's less current, the water isn't moving so much. The bottom isn't stirred up, so it's clear and transparent. So it's a lot like that. We are like that. All the noise stirs up our mind and fills it with activity. Silence, on the other hand, lets your mind settle. Let your mind become very still and clear and transparent. Over time, that outer silence becomes inner silence. And when that happens, several things change. You discover a part of yourself that is always still and exquisitely silent. But also, you see your mind from a different vantage point then. You start to recognize that your mind may be moving, but you're not. You're still. Your mind could be like doing jumping jacks and backflips, but you, you're like the ocean floor. There's nothing happening down there. It's perfectly still. And you're watching your mind from that place of stillness and silence. It's not touching you. And the reason that's so important is because then you realize that you are not your mind. You're much, much more than your mind. So another question, what does a lack of silence do to us physically, mentally, and emotionally? So there are a lot of things, obviously. One, distraction and lack of focus. That one's kind of pretty obvious. Two, that kind of lack of silence, it, it stimulates all the negative effects of stress on your body and in your mind. It's emotionally taxing and depleting. Now, this is something I think because we live in a noisier, more stimulated environment, we don't notice it as much. We're accustomed to it. We're inured to it. But the thing is, there is a steady depletion. There's a steady taxing that's happening when we're when our attention is always fractured. It's always getting eroded. It's always being depleted through constant noise. Here's a more extreme example of that. It's like a metaphor to help you kind of get this idea. So I think one of the most extreme examples of this that you can imagine was when in World War I and World War II, when the soldiers were on the front lines, particularly after World War I, that's when we started to discover PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We as human beings go crazy when the noise is too much. And not figuratively, literally, we go crazy. Of course, it's not that extreme for us, but constant noise is not healthy for us. Also, for most of human history, we've been accustomed to a lot more silence. A lot more. I mean, like, prodigious amount. I mean, mostly we, we lived in a context of space. Most of us were, we lived in, a con, in an in agrarian 
cultures and societies where there was lots of open space and uh, most of us were probably slaves. And, but we, we, you know, we worked in the context of nature and the, the permeating quiet of that environment. Here's another quote from Mother Teresa. Just to be clear, I'm not advocating that we need to go back to that because there's there's obviously the tremendous benefits that modernity and postmodernity afford us. You know, we're not slaves anymore. A lot of us have access to health, a level of health, a level of education, a level of privilege, a level of economics that we never would have historically. I mean, it, you can't even compare it. Just so you know, I'm not saying that we need to take this conservative retro turn back to nature. I'm only saying that as human beings, it's important to remember the context that we have come out of for really the majority of human history up until only the last couple hundred years. We've lived with a lot more silence. And so we need it. It's like a bomb for our soul and our spirit and our minds and our beings. We need silence to restore to be rejuvenated and there's this quote from mother Teresa. i think captures this in a lovely way she says and remember she she uses the word god which i'm comfortable with but not everyone is you can replace that word if you want to she writes we need to find god and she cannot be found in noise and restlessness God is the friend of silence. See how nature, trees, flowers, grass, grows in silence. See the stars, the moon, and the sun, how they move in silence. We need silence to be able to touch souls. That's Mother Teresa. So another question from this interview, how can one achieve silence when we have so many jumbled thoughts and they're all happening? They're all going on at once. So we've kind of spoken to this in other podcast episodes. I think it's a slow process. You need to be interested in silence. You need to pay attention and listen for silence. In meditation, it it doesn't always come quickly. It takes practice. Often your mind, it can be very active and wild like a bull or a hurricane. And sometimes the only thing you can do, the only thing to do is sit with that and just let it play itself out. Where most people struggle in meditation is trying to control or change or stop that jumble of thoughts. Meditation is more about simply paying attention to that and not trying to change it, not trying to change anything. You're just sitting there in the midst of the storm like a statue. And trying to change that is like trying to stop a river or put your hands around a hurricane it's just, it's, it's more subtle than that. It's more subtle than the idea of just trying to stop it all. That's not really the point and it's not really possible anyways. If your mind is quiet and if it goes quiet, wonderful. That's awesome. So there's nothing wrong with that. If, you're, if your mind consistently goes like super quiet meditation, that is a blessing and 
enjoy it. There's obviously there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for the majority of us, it's not really something stopping your mind is not really something you can do. But if you're very still and you can sit with whatever's happening and just let it be, it always passes. And that's when you'll find that under all of that action, there's a constant substrata of silence. It's always there. Silence and stillness. It's just, it's the understory. It's always there. So another question, how can the silence and meditation help those who are in recovery from substance abuse? Many of these people have recurring guilt and shame and intrusive thoughts. So I think if I remember correctly, this interview was related to substance abuse and recovery and addiction. So obviously first I would recommend working with a trained guide, someone who you can work with if you suffer in any of these ways that the question suggests. But yeah, I think meditation, and and I'm not a professional, so this is unprofessional advice. So I don't have that experience. But I think meditation has been shown to be an effective healing method for folks who are in recovery from substance abuse. But I can, I can certainly, I don't have experience myself, nor have I worked directly with someone in that context, but here are, here are some thoughts. So often with addiction, we're in pain and we're running from ourselves. That tends to be the source of addiction. Meditation or prayer can provide a point of focus. So for example, the breath. Some meditations just have you count your breath over and over and over again. That can be incredibly empowering and healing. It can give you a sense of self-control. And it's also a safe way to be with yourself. Second, I think meditation, it can provide a context for accepting oneself, forgiving oneself, and making friends with the negative patterns of belief, ideas, fears, feelings of unworthiness, guilt, shame, the things that often drive us to deal with our pain through addiction. And, you know, obviously we all have mild forms of addiction. I think our behavior is filled with that. And because most of us on some level or another seem to run from our pain, even, you know, on because it's hard. <laughs> As we've talked about in previous episodes, it's hard to sit with your pain. It doesn't feel natural to turn towards your emotional pain. Whereas meditation can, doesn't by default, and it's not necessarily the case, but it can really be a tool for helping you just not move, just to be there and not not run. And in that context, mindfulness meditation is a popular form of meditation that's been shown to be helpful in this context. And it helps you start to observe the triggers of addiction. It can. So as you start to practice, you can observe and note the feelings and the thoughts that precipitate addictive behavior that gives you a chance to eventually investigate those feelings and understand what you're running from and eventually come to peace with it. And it can help, it can help you in ways that are similar to the role that prayer plays in, say, Alcoholics Anonymous. It can help develop your faith that you can change. When you stop running and you see that you can just 
pay attention and you, you start to have that sense of self-control and self-regulation and you're able to observe the movement of your own mind and those triggers and not act on them, that is, I mean, you don't have to be an addict. That's practice for life. For all of us, that's in many respects, the heart of meditation practice, the process and practice of liberation, liberating ourselves from unconscious habits. It's through not moving, it's through paying attention, it's through this quality of mindfulness. Are there tips to help you achieve silence in meditation? I think one of the main things is start simple and be consistent. And when you start, you just, you need to be patient and know that it's natural for your mind to wander. It's going to feel like you're a bad meditator. You're going to think you're a bad meditator. That's just normal. And just the main thing is just stick with your practice. And over time, incredible things can happen. How many times have we heard that in this podcast? In every episode, almost every person that we interview, their advice to new aspiring or struggling meditators is always very similar. It's, it's some, some element of stick with it, be consistent, and don't listen to your mind because <laughs> we all have some variation of a crazy mind. So another question, how do you know when you've got it right? So obviously that's a tricky question to answer because meditation isn't a particular experience. And we've talked about that in the show before. One teacher said meditation isn't about what's happening. It's, it's about your relationship to what's happening. So it's, it's subtle. But if you find that you're less reactive in your life, if you're a little more calm, if you start to notice your mind reacting strongly to things, but you recognize that you don't have to react. Those are really good signs, especially in situations where you, you're used to being triggered or you used to get triggered and you notice that you're not anymore. To me, that's real progress. That's pragmatic progress. And that's the power of paying attention to your own mind. And then there's this quote I like from Jack Cornfield, one of the founders of the Insight Meditation Society. He said, in the end, just three things matter. How well we have lived, how well we have loved, and how well we have learned to let go. So another question, what happens when your silence is interrupted? What should you do to get it back? Or in other words, either your thoughts intrude or someone physically interrupts you. Should you give up and try later or attempt to continue? And I would always say, keep going. When something happens, the point in meditation is not to stop. So the actual heart of meditation training is to become adept at being relaxed and easy when your mind starts to wander or when someone interrupts you or a noise screeches into your space, that's gonna happen. And that's the whole point is to be practiced at not moving in the face of all that distraction. And of course, you want ideally your meditation space to be quiet and silent because it allows, your, it allows you to go to more subtle levels of your practice 
because you're letting go at more and more subtle and nuanced levels. That's an important part of your practice. And those subtle distractions oftentimes are a lot more powerful than the gross distractions, like someone walking in on you or having like uh, a sexual fantasy, which tends to, you know, that'll be often a, a powerful kind of thought that distracts us or a, an angry memory where you feel slighted and you think about, all right, how am I going to get that person back? But meditation and the cultivation of silence is all about repeatedly establishing an anchor for your attention, like your breath, and then coming back to it again and again, knowing that you're going to get distracted. And you may have heard this metaphor before, but it's like doing reps at the gym, but for your attention. So what lessons can we learn from silence? This was another question. So there are four things I thought of. One, that there is much more to us than what we think. Two, how to pay better attention to the world around us, our relationships, who we are, and how we are in the world. Number three, it can open you up at the level not just of your mind, but at the level of your being, yourself. It can make you a little bit more permeable to life, or I guess as Dan Harris would say, 10% happier. And that's another thing. Silence can help you connect with life more directly, more intimately, and more richly. You become sensitive to the flow of life force, both in yourself, in others, and in your environment. Again, it, it really, it all comes back to the quality of your attention. Last question, can silence completely change our world? If so, how? As I alluded to earlier in the show, I think that silence used to play a more central role in our lives through the religious institutions that we lived and the conditions of our existence. But now, a lot of modern society has rejected the traditional religious institutions, and for a lot of good reasons. But that has definitely left a gap. People used to get exposed to a regular dose of that sacred feeling that comes with silence when they went to church or the synagogue or the temple or the mosque. And I think we need new structures that support people, you and me, and, and us together. We need new structures in connecting, that, that help us connect with that silence because we all need it. It's food for the soul. It's food for your soul. It's food for my soul. And I think the world would relax and chill out significantly with more silence. We wouldn't always be on like DEFCOM 7, like with red sirens going. Yeah, I just think it would settle things down. And I think that would have massive downstream effects. That's, that's how I can see silence changing our world. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did enjoy it, if you liked the show, head on over to iTunes and leave us a star rating and a review. 
That is really the number one way to help new meditators discover the show. You can find that over at aboutmeditation.com forward slash iTunes. And if you want to pick up some free goodies from our website, we have some guided meditations. You can grab two 20-minute guided meditations with a body scan and a, and a breath-focused meditation and also a three-part meditation seminar. Those are all free on our website if you head over to aboutmeditation.com. And if you like those and you want to support our work, then go ahead and buy one of our courses. We have a couple fantastic courses on the website, some, some introductory stuff and some intermediate stuff. So check that out. Finally, we want to end with a quote. And today's quote comes from the great Ram Das, who says, We're fascinated by the words, but where we meet is in the silence behind them. We're fascinated by the words, but where we meet is in the silence behind them.